The Bodines come out rocking with their new album, For the Last Time. We caught up with Chief Bodine, Kurt Newman, who was just outside Austin, Texas. Formed in 1986, this is the Bodine's 14th studio album. Hopefully, it won't be For the Last Time. Another year, you take it one one day at a time. Exactly. So, what does keep you going? What makes you want to write songs and record them? Because this is pretty much a solo effort. You did everything yourself here. Well, it's a Bodine's record in in the perspective I take when I'm doing and picking songs for the record. It's very much more in that roots rock Americana yep. rock kind of sound as opposed to Kurt Newman solo stuff. But what keeps me going with it is really. Um, I love music, I always have. I love playing music, but I think the world more than ever kind of needs positivity in it. Yeah. There's so much divisiveness and pulling apart that I feel like music really brings people together. And I think we need all the reasons we can get right now for pulling us back together and finding those common things that keep us, you know, together. And um, there's nothing like being in a show together and singing together in a room together that makes that point clear to everybody that this is who we are and this is a positive thing and we can choose to be this at any point. So more than ever, that's why I really like playing music these days. I just feel like we could use it in this world. Right. So you've already kind of done a bit of a tour a few months ago. What was it like out on the road? Is it different now than it was two years ago? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's real different in, in the pandemic, both in 2020, you know, we didn't play any shows. Right. I was putting out a lot of videos and then 2021 we went out and started doing some shows but um it seemed like people were still a little bit scared to come out and it was weird protocols and all the different clubs and um so now in 2022 everybody feels it feels like everybody's just ready to live with the pandemic and go out and have fun so we've been doing these big giant outdoor shows again um everybody's coming out and singing with us again and it's a lot of fun and i've been I've been really digging it again. Good, good, yeah. I see you did some kind of Summerfest thing in Milwaukee at the beginning of July. So, that's, Yeah, that's that was sounded... crazy. Yeah, That was crazy. I was just like, you know, we weren't on the main stage. They put us at one of the side stage. So it was just like overflowing with people out into the, out into the walkways and stuff. It was a lot of fun. Cool, cool. So let's get into the album a little bit uh, for the last time. When did you start putting this thing together and realizing that this was what it was? Well, the last couple of records, um, a lot of the songs were a product of a Netflix show I was working on called The Ranch. Right. And I, the, the producers of the show um, really liked the, the band and had been fans of the band for years. So basically, uh, Jim Patterson and Don Rio there were like, as much as you can give us, we'll try to get in the show. So... I was writing a lot of stuff, recording a lot of stuff for them, but then people would hear it in the show and they'd be like, where can I get this? And I never right. really thought about like, oh, I don't know where you can get it, you know? And so the last two records, I've been trying to get it out to the fans and get them to hear it. So I would say about half of both the records were stuff from Netflix show that I had never released and then a bunch of new stuff. And then there's one song called Love at the beginning, which is just a real old song I wrote for my kids like 20 years ago. Right, right. Well, it's interesting about the whole the Netflix thing, the ranch. I mean, it's, it's kind of everybody's been talking about Kate Bush and 
strange stranger things uh, um yeah. it, obviously people need to find music somehow and the old ways aren't working anymore you know so how, how yeah. as a as a working musician how do you look at it what did does it make a difference as to how, when you're making the music, why you're making it and how they're going to hear it? Um, no, I, I was happy as hell to have music um, in a show. I think you reach a lot of people. Like we would get a lot of emails from people in Brazil and all over the world. Whereas, you know, here in America, we always did really well on AAA radio stations, but you were just reaching Americans who liked that kind of music. Whereas right. when you're on a show like that, you're reaching people in a much broader, much bigger audience all over the place. And when you get people identifying with your songs from around the globe, it's just, it's a wonderful feeling. You know, you feel like your music is, is very human that way. And it's reaching people at, in, in, in the heart and soul where you want it to really. So I think it's a great outlet for the music. I think it's a perfect place if you can get it there. It's funny about Kate Bush because Run Up the Hill was like one of my favorite songs. I felt like I was the only one who just loved that song for so long back then. And then to see it rediscovered is, is a wonderful thing because I think kids should go back and listen to some of that great music. I think there was a real pinnacle 60s, 70s, 80s for music that is almost lacking these days. I just don't hear that kind of great songwriting from, from back then. Right, right, right. So... Why did you decide to write, record, engineer, mix, produce the whole album yourself? Was it the pandemic forced you to, or was that what you wanted to do? Very much so, the pandemic. Uh, you know, most, most. I'm sure you do a lot of interviews with people right now who were like sitting home during the pandemic. And what else do you do as a singer-songwriter and stuff is, but you yep. just dig into what you do. And so you do that. And but I had been working on this record from before the pandemic and I was set to release it in 2020. When the pandemic hit, I was like, well, it makes no sense to release this now because I can't tour. I can't do shows. So instead I did the 2020 vision stuff, which was a whole different project and uh, kind of waited to put this one out. So um, just chipped away with it while I was at home during the pandemic. And um, most of the people were in their own worlds. So we really couldn't get together and do stuff. And I just thought sometimes it's like that with projects, you're kind of chipping away and you don't really have a deadline necessarily. And all of a sudden it just kind of sounds done. And you're like, well, I guess I'll put this out. I didn't plan on doing it all myself, but it just kind of ended up that way. Right. So then when you had went back on the road with the band and you had these songs, uh, what was that like kind of teaching the band the new Bodine songs so they could play them? Well, it's nice when you bring it to the kind of musicians I play with. They're so good that you kind of, nice. you, you have your own version of it. You know, you come up with a version of the song that fits these guys and this performance and stuff. And um, it's not very far off what the record was, but you'll, you'll find nuances and stuff in there. That's different. Sure. I play with a keyboard player that I don't put a tremendous amount of keyboards on the records, but so he'll always kind of bring something of his own to, uh, to the songs as well. So I was hoping we could touch on a couple of tracks just to get into the mindset of everything. Uh, one that I particularly like is Pressure Queen. Pressure Queen, you're always fighting for what's right in a world gone wrong. Pressure Queen, you're always fighting, waiting for the day to come along. I love the atmosphere in that song, too. I just, yeah. when I listen to it, I feel like I'm just falling into it you know and uh, my wife has 
so much like pressure all the time. She's always working and I'm always more like, oh, just forget about it, you know, and stuff. But that's, right. that's not her personality. So it's like um, I wanted to write that song about her and, and, and you know, I have a picture of her, you know, like with her fists. <laughs> pretty much defined her of you ever going to be able to put that down or, or not, you know? And so, but musically it was a beautiful song right from the get go. I loved being able to do music where it's, you don't have the big giant drums necessarily going and stuff and being able to right. just do a real beautiful song like that. It's just, I love it. Right. And then it's followed by I'm a mess, which apparently is addressing the road home issue and balancing all that. What advice do you have for the young up and coming uh, musicians who have to deal with this? Cause you, you're now in your fifties, you've yeah. hopefully worked out a bit of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I started out in this business, I, I didn't, you know, I used to push all the relationship stuff away from me because I just wanted to be able to tour and play. And, and somewhere along the way, it started feeling a little more empty without people in your life. And so uh, I met my wife and we had kids and then, it, it really created a whole new dynamic for how you approach this, you know, and, and this record especially is really the writing is really about family and, and dealing with that. There's several songs like come a long ways really about the journey a family takes together in whatever they yep. do, you know, because it's always ups and downs, you know, difficulties and great times and memories and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of this record and like I said, loved as well, you know, when my kids were really little, you know, I just wanted them to know it would be different for them than it was for me. Things like that. This record really gave me an outlet for all that to be able to put that out there. And so I'm a mess is just, yeah, you're out there for weeks at a time. You're away from those regular people who are such a part of your life and, and that you have to try to figure it out um, for young guys. <laughs> it's a different world yeah. out there. I, I, I don't, um, you've got to make a decision at some point in your life, what you want, you know, do you want to just live in the party of it or do you want to have a deeper connection eventually? So that's a decision everybody has to make. Yeah. 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 Now there's a couple of tunes, um, a little more time and anyone, but you that have, well, there's, it sounds like strings, sounds like horns, quite a bit, uh, more production involved in there. Yeah. But again, I assume that's all you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I like some of the heroics, you know, Bodine's always had a thing about anthemic type of songs and that wall of sound sure. that uh, that I love. And so that was just part of the production. Some of this production I felt like was going back to the late 70s when I was still in high school and listening to the rock radio at the time. And I don't really hear much of that anymore unless you're kind of listening to an, uh, a classic rock station or something. You don't really hear much of it anymore. And and uh, these songs just kind of lent themselves to that. So in those those couple songs, I found myself just kind of going for it. The Bob Clear Mountain kind of production. He was a producer, who, a mixer, a producer who would do these big Brian Adams records and stuff that I used to love when I was in school. Yeah. So I was just kind of emulating some of what he did with records at the time. And because I love it, you know. 
Right. And I think I read somewhere Tom Petty's a pretty big influence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he died, I was just heartbroken about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he was such a big influence when I was growing up um, on my life and, and throughout my life of just like, I can't think for me, I can't think of who was a better songwriter. Um, everything he wrote was just so good. And his, his performance of it too, and the Heartbreakers performance, you know, what they did together. But the songwriting just was so good. I was always in awe of it. When he'd come out with a new song, I would just shake my head like, how does he keep doing it? And so when he died, I was just right. heartbroken. I wanted to put something out there in the world that I felt like this is an influence from Tom. It felt like the type of chorus he might have written in the late 70s for one of his rock songs, you know. Yeah. Did you ever cross paths with him? I did um, with Mike Campbell. Um, we worked on some demos together for a while, but I never, I never did meet Tom. And I'm not, I'm not the type of guy who wants to meet my heroes. I prefer them to be right, gotcha. heroes, and I don't want to see the human side of them. <laughs> so, with this album out, and probably it's been it's been around in your head for a while now. Are you thinking what what you're going to do next? Recording wise, and I'm toying with seven. stuff. You know, I'm toying with the ideas. You know, of uh, like we mentioned earlier about doing a solo record. I might do just another Kurt Newman record before I do another Odin right. stuff. But uh, um, there's a lot of ideas sitting there. It's just hard when you finish a record. It's just kind of like you finished a big journey, and you just want to do nothing for a while until you start getting sure. that nagging feeling about you know some ideas just start popping out, but I'm toying with the idea of doing a solo record once again, because I've only done one. And, and well, I, my, the difference between them in my head is always Bodine's songs are more guitar driven, guitar written rock songs. When I do, right. I grew up as a drummer. So when I uh, do Kurt Newman type stuff, I approach it more from a rhythm drumming aspect so they're more rhythm driven songs and a different kind of rhythm that you'll hear on Bodine's records so it gives me a chance to separate the two things gotcha gotcha and of course right now uh, kind of everybody's talking about Joni Mitchell that she just appeared at the Newport Folk Festival with did you watch any of I that I haven't footage? no but uh, again that's another artist that I'm really in awe of her talent, her originality, like her sound is just so much her thing. And I just loved it so much growing up hearing those songs on the radio. Yep, yep, yep. Well, you know, we all thought she was kind of done performing yeah. and we're just lucky to have her around and yeah. here she is. So, and, and we're all dealing, dealing with getting older. So how much does the aging thing affect all that? Yeah. yeah you're getting to oh, that yeah. point. I absolutely hate it. You know, I, I, I don't <laughs> like getting older. I don't, I wrestle with it in that rock and roll to me always kind of felt like a young man's game. You know, that's something about yep. youth and rock and roll really go together. And so I wrestle with that, like how to approach it in a more mature way, you know, of you want to, you want to, you're better at what you do now, as far as playing your instruments and writing your songs so you really want to make the most of that um, with everything you do, even though it's probably going to get heard by less people because rock and roll loves youth. You know, it loves the new artists that are out there with yep. that new energy and stuff. So you have to wrestle with all that kind of stuff. And you start doing, I think, music and, and record releases more for yourself 
or people who you know are your hardcore kind of audience um, because it's not going to yep, make any yep. sense for me to shoot for the next top 10 hit, you know? Right, right, yeah. Uh, even Mick and Keith aren't doing that, but they're still kind of an inspiration to everybody, aren't they? Though? Yeah, I just, I'm amazed that Keith is still walking this earth, <laughs> which I'm a huge Keith Richards fan. When I started playing guitar, I loved what he was playing because I really liked the simplicity of the guitar playing. I wasn't trying to be a virtuoso guitar guy. I just wanted to play really catchy, simple stuff. And, and Keith was so good at that. So I've just always marveled at his playing. Yep. Alrighty. Well, thank you very much for taking this time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. So yeah, thank you, thank you very much me. and have thank a great you so day. Much. Take care. We'll see you. Okay.